Welcome back to the Stories from the Woods podcast. I hope everyone is healthy and safe out there, and I hope you continue to be safe and healthy. Hey Franklin, today's story is an adaptation of a story that my wife told to my son uh, quite a while ago. So she doesn't remember the complete story per se, but most of the pieces we were able to put together. So I'm doing my best to recreate that story, and I'm partly doing that today because it is her birthday. And I'm also telling it because there's signs of spring out there here in Michigan. I see robins flying around, and I'm sure they're eating some worms. And there are worms in our story, and there are birds in our story. And not too far down the road, there will be baby birds outside. Oh yeah, baby birds? I love them. They're so cute, and so fun to watch them when they're trying to eat. Yeah, it's a pretty neat experience to see that. We Every year we have a uh, bird nest right on the corner of our house it sits on a speaker at the corner of the house and it's protected by the roof line that overhangs so you can see the baby birds yeah it's really neat we can see their mouths come out above the nest and their mama is feeding them and anytime we go outside around that area of the house the mama bird flies off to a nearby tree and then starts squawking at us to try to get our attention away she's scared that the babies are going to get hurt oh yeah that reminds me of the story you had called The Protective Mother a long time ago. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a similar type of story there too. If you want to check that one out, it's episode 73 in season 1. It's almost one whole year ago. And our family will be looking forward to those new baby birds coming soon. Alright, enough talk now. We'll get right to the story, which I'm sure you're waiting for. The 100-Foot Worm On the edge... Of a forest near a large field, a red robin had laid some eggs in her nest high in an oak tree. She had been keeping them warm for quite some time now. She left her nest for a little while, and when she came back, a few of the eggs had broken, and baby chicks were there with mouths wide open, wanting to be fed. Mama, or we'll call her Red in this story, was so very excited to see the first babies. She didn't want to miss the hatching of the others, so she stayed put, waiting for those other eggs to crack. It was hard for her to stay, though, because she knew her other babies needed some food soon. But lucky for her, the other eggs hatched pretty quickly, and when she saw all their little heads bobbing up and down, trying to reach for food with their mouths wide open, she took off trying to find some food. She flew down to the ground in the field that was not far away from the oak tree. She pecked around, trying to find some worms. And then she saw one pop its head out from a little hole in the ground. Red was quicker than that worm and was able to get a hold of its head. She began to yank on it and pull it out of the ground. Some worms were a little more difficult than others to get out. Some fought a little harder. This one seemed to be fighting the hardest that Red had ever experienced. She pulled and pulled and got an inch, two inches, of a worm out of the ground, but it was still buried. This was unusual. This was a longer worm than she had ever pulled out of the ground. She kept pulling and pulling and backing up and stopping and making sure she had a good grip on this worm. She usually tried to avoid tearing it, But at this point, the worm that was out of the ground was longer than most worms she got. 
from the ground. So if it tore, she would have a bigger meal than she would have ever expected. She knew her babies needed that food. So she kept pulling and pulling, stepping back, pulling, stepping back, continuing till a foot was out of the ground. She had never worked so hard in her life, but she knew her babies were counting on her. And this was the first group of babies she had ever given birth to. And the more the worm got out of the ground, the more there was slack. And that made it more difficult to pull. So after some time, she would hop a little further down, closer to the hole, and start pulling again. This process continued for many, many minutes. Then an hour. At this point, she was halfway down the open field. She had plenty of food for her babies, but now it was more of the adventure to see how long this worm really was. All this activity started to attract some other birds, and they flew down and started talking to Red. They asked her if they could have some of the worm. They asked if they could help. They asked if it was real or some kind of joke. Well, since she knew she wasn't going to need all of the worm to eat, she entertained the help that some of these birds wanted to give her. She said, if you give me help, I will give you a portion of the worm. But we need to spread out along this worm so that we can pull it. And so the other red robins that wanted to help found a spot along the worm and picked it up. At first, red counted one, two, three, then heave. And that's when they would pull. And after they got into a good rhythm, they were able to do it without any voice signals. And when they hit that rhythm, they really started to pull that worm out pretty quickly. The bird holding the head of the worm was at the very end of the field. And that's when Red pulled out the last part of the worm. Simon, the one with the math brain of the birds, did the calculation on measuring the worm. And it came out to be 100 feet long. Wow, they all said. This worm had to have been growing underground for years. And how did it even fit under there? How did it even move? How much dirt did this worm create in its life? Many questions, but there were not any answered. And because of all the work she did up front, and because she found this worm, Red took home one-third of the worm, and the rest of the birds that helped split up the remaining portion of the worm. When Red got back to the nest, she wasn't sure how she was going to get this long worm up to that nest. As it laid down on the ground and squirmed around, she thought of an idea. I will just cut this up into many little pieces and take them one by one up to the nest. And that's what she did. She cut up five little pieces of the worm and brought them to the five baby birds in her nest. She repeated that two more times in a row. That would be enough food to hold off the baby birds for a little while. Now, she couldn't leave that worm down on the ground, or it would find its way back deep into the earth. So she quickly scrambled and made a small little nest, always coming back to check on that worm to make sure it wasn't getting down in that earth. And if it was, she would just pull it back out. After she had the little nest made, she did her best to grab a little bit of dirt at a time and put it into that nest. And finally, she separated the longer worm into a lot of smaller pieces of a worm and dropped them into the little nest in the dirt. She knew the worm wouldn't stay very good for very long, 
but it would stay a little bit better if it was packed in the dirt. And then she brought that little nest and set it down on a branch not far from her normal nest. And when those baby birds were hungry, she would fly over, grab a few pieces of that worm, and bring them back for her babies. And she didn't have to pick another worm until those babies were almost ready to leave the nest. And Red tells that story to her baby birds every season that she has them. But she's never seen a 100-foot worm again. This concludes the 100-foot worm. If you'd like to support Stories from the Woods podcast, you can leave us a review, make a donation using the link in the show notes, or share the podcast with family, friends, local libraries, and schools. Remember to check out our past episodes and to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thanks again for listening. This podcast features the song Surreal Forest by Medane, available under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License.